Nick Brown, Editor-in-Chief of Archives of Disease in Childhood. Welcome to September Atoms. We'll start with an old disease, rheumatic fever. So my question is, is there any disease group more deserving of a place at the neglected tropical disease table than that of the post-streptococcal illnesses, specifically glomerulonephritis and rheumatic fever? Well, these dropped off the radar of most high-income countries in the second half of the 20th century, but have continued to smoulder, largely unchecked, in low- and middle-income countries. The burden is scary. 300,000 incident cases per year and 30 million prevalent cases. The damage from chronic carditis resulting in so many in heart failure and stroke. There are a number of approaches. Primary prevention, in other words vaccination, remains a work in progress. Secondary prevention, prompt treatment is largely dependent on diagnosis, which depends on a positive throat swab or serological evidence in the form of the ASOT and ADB teeters. And this is where the complexities really begin. Tertiary prevention, early diagnosis of heart disease by echo screening and prophylaxis has promise, but it's still gestational. The range of population serological norms depends on exposure and threshold levels in one country and might not be applicable elsewhere, inevitably resulting in false positive and false negative results. To address this, Akello establishes a range of ASO levels in urban Uganda and shows much higher mean teeters than other comparable populations. Joshua Osawiki and Andrew Steer discuss the implications of these findings in the context of a multi-pronged approach to rheumatic fever during the wait for the long yearned for strep A streptococcal vaccine. Oncological treatment is prolonged and draining for both a child and their family. A major contributor to the fatigue is the need for a current admission for chemotherapy-induced febrile neutropenia. Though evidence of benefit is scanty to non-existent, it's traditional to keep children in hospital on IV antibiotic treatment for several days, irrespective of culture results and clinical appearance. Severovatne and colleagues address the safety of a more flexible approach in a tertiary oncology centre, allowing discharge at 48 hours, even if culture positive, as long as wellness and social criteria were met. In total, 179 episodes of febrile neutropenia were reviewed from 47 patients. In 70% of episodes, patients were discharged safely once 48-hour microbiology results were available, with only 5.6% resulting in readmission in the 48 hours following discharge. There were no deaths from sepsis. So this approach won't work for all episodes of febrile neutropenia, but probably applies to the great majority, and the differences to quality of life, if adopted widely, are hard to overstate. This is my editor's choice for the month. Infectious disease mortality. Trends in infectious disease mirror changes in vaccination programs, society and the environment, diagnostics and microbiological epidemiology. Ferreras Antolin examines Public Health England data over two eras, between 2003 and 2005, and a decade later, 2013 to 2015. In the latter period, there were just over 5,000 death registrations recorded in children aged a month to 15 years in England and Wales, which equates to 17.6 deaths per 100,000 children annually, and in the first 6,900. The incidence rate ratio 
of 0.74 fell significantly, and the stories behind these data are revealing. There's little doubt that pneumococcal vaccination has played a role, though in this series it's too early to assess the contribution of the 2015-launched meningococcal B programme. The raw data also masks the rise of the still non-vaccine-preventable invasive group A streptococcal disease, one of the arguments, in fact, for varicella vaccination and the future role of group B streptococcal immunisation. Influenza deaths were rare, and despite a reduction in between the eras, was not a major explanator. Fibre and constipation. One of the more entrenched tenets of child nutrition folklore is that of the association between fibre and constipation. In a reanalysis of data from the latest NICE review, information from the ALSPAC cohort, in which stool consistently pre-weaning was established, and monozygotic twin studies, Tappin persuasively argues through triangulation analysis that fibre is the result of and confounded by parental response to hard stool and is neither a cause of constipation or a treatment. Laxation, as advocated, should be the first line and used early to prevent the all-too-familiar chronic issues with undertreatment, soiling, loss of self-esteem, poor mood and loss of appetite. Drowning and autism. Drowning is a major cause of global child mortality, particularly so in low- and middle-income country settings, but also in high-income country settings. Interventions such as fencing off access and swimming lessons have partially ameliorated the risk, but progress has been painfully slow and awareness probably still the single best form of prophylaxis. Autistic children represent a particularly high-risk group to their inherent communication and behavioural issues. In this issue, Peden assesses the association between autism and drowning in Australia from coronial certificates between 2002 and 2018. Of 667 cases of drowning among 0 to 19 year olds with known histories, 27, which equates to 4%, had an autistic spectrum diagnosis with a relative risk of 2.85. Children and adolescents with autistic spectrum diagnosis were significantly more likely to drown when compared with those without ASD. If aged 5 to 9 years, 44% of ASD cases and 13.3% of non-ASD cases in a lake or a dam and during winter. These sobering figures are likely to be an underestimate as a diagnosis of autistic spectrum disorder is often not made until the age of five years, past the highest drowning risk age in the preschool group. Lots of food for thought, I hope. I hope you read and check out the rest of this month's journal and of course the website abc.bmj.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye for now.